Get out your Y2K survival kit, and Ole Miss is about to party like it's 1999. I'll tell you what I mean. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Also, thank you for making today's show your your Locked On Ole Miss Podcast, your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. If I'm messing up this early, this is going to be a long show. But anyway, today we're going to talk about why Ole Miss is going to party like it's 1999 or Y2K, that era. And as simple as this, you have a quarterback room that is remarkably similar to the one that Ole Miss had in 1999 and 2000. Going into the 2000 season, that's just what the way it was set up, where you had Romero Miller as the starter, entrenched, and then you had um, Eli Manning coming in behind him. Well, now you have Jackson Dart, who is doing everything supposedly everything he needs to do to be the starting quarterback, but you also have a younger guy waiting in the wings. Now, we're going to put this information up and just let you see what we're talking about. If you look at the 1999 season, Melo Miller threw for 2,200 yards, 16 TDs, 9 interceptions. His quarterback rating, remember, this is a different era of college football, so statistical comparisons will be a little bit clunky. But in the era that they reigned, Romero had a really good year. He was the entrenched starter, which he would have to be with Eli Manning behind him. Can you imagine the pressure going into Eli Manning's redshirt freshman year to start him as a quarterback? Romero had these numbers, had a really good 1999 season going into high level. So if you compare that to Jackson Dart, Romero did that in 11 games. This is 13 Jackson threw for 29-74, 20 touchdowns, 11 picks. Yards per attempt is a little bit more, but the offenses are a little bit different. A lot more passes by Jackson in 2022. Now, like I said, the comparison is exact, okay? This is just to let you know that in competing areas, these were two similar type quarterbacks and similar type seasons that was being had. Now, going into the next season, there's a hot shot quarterback with a, that is a red shirt freshman that is going to be an issue. So you want to have as good a season. He's going to push you as hard as he can push you. But it's important that Lane Kiffin and everybody gets this kid ready because he is the future. So that similarity between what Romero was going through and having Eli Manning on the bench is probably really similar to the way Ole Miss football is dealing with this right now. And honestly, this could go down one of two ways. Either Jackson can fold and kind of have a plateaued season between year one and year two. Or Jackson can thrive under this. And all the indicators are pointing that he is actually thriving right now. Lane Kiffin called him one of the most improved players in camp or fall practice, spring practice. Um, you see him. He is built differently. The way he is carrying himself, he is carrying himself like a starting quarterback. He is saying all the right things. He is the one that is undoubtedly going to be organizing the throwing sessions as this moves forward. 
This is a team with Matt Corral. Leadership, Matt's last year in school was so, so important. And I just want to put this up here because everybody talks about the improvement that Matt Corral made between year one and year two. And statistically, that doesn't really prove out. It doesn't really show. In fact, in 2020, Matt Corral was two games where he threw six picks against Arkansas and five against LSU from the greatest quarterbacking season in Ole Miss football history. But you have to kind of ignore those stats because Elijah Moore was the receiver. You had a really great guy, and Matt Corral had an excellent relationship with him. So they were able to use each other, cook up many times during the season, and that's the reason those stats got skewed. But in 2021, Matt became the leader. The, the, everything that we are seeing Jackson Dart become, we saw that from Matt Corral fairly early on in his junior year. Now, the numbers are going to be pretty same. The, the interceptions are down, as they would be. He took away those two games. But, you know, yardage-wise is less per game, percentage is less, threw more passes. It was a guy that was in complete control of his offense, is my point on that one. He's not taking shots downfield. He's taking what the defense gives him. That is an indicator of something that we can look forward to if Jackson Dart wins this job of somebody just working within the framework of the offense to become a little bit better version of himself. Even though the numbers might have been higher in certain areas in 2020, you can see where he grew in 2021 dropped the interception, dropped the yards per attempt, but the offense became more effective. So that's really interesting to see that with Matt Corral. And Jackson Dart has a chance to do something really similar to that, honestly, moving forward. I think that Romero and Eli and Jackson Dart and Walker Howard comparison is kind of on the money. Hey, if Romero or Eli disagrees with anything that I'm saying. They should feel free to reach out for me. My DMs are open. Um, but I do think Romero was uniquely positioned and the quarterback that kind of ushered in the modern era of Ole Miss football. So whenever I talk about this going on, Romero is not just a placeholder for Eli. Romero was a good soldier. He did what he was supposed to do. But with in, inside David Cutcliffe's offense, he was a fairly efficient quarterback. And Eli coming in just took that to the next level because the ceiling for Eli was so much higher than the ceiling for Romero. Romero was a good quarterback. Eli was a different level. And Jackson, I call him a 5 a quarterback all the time. If he does the things that we all expect him to do, he has a chance to be a really good quarterback in the system, period. There's, if he... Jackson Dart, at his best, if he plays his best and plays the quarterback position at Ole Miss the way it's supposed to be played, there is no quarterback competition. He is the guy. He has as much talent as anybody on that roster, with the exception of maybe Walker Howard. But Walker Howard has the inexperience on top of it. He's like that redshirt freshman Eli player where he can develop, he can learn, he can get in the game. Eli, as a redshirt freshman, was like 6 of 16 with an interception before the Music City Bowl. Really interesting. He came out, though, as a sophomore, and he was the dude. As a junior, he was the dude. Senior, Cotton Bowl, the dude. So I think we need to look at the quarterback room at Ole Miss right now, in this quarterback competition, as, as we want to frame this. 
I think it would be a good idea for people to start picturing that 2000 quarterback room and kind of placing it on this one. Maybe not stat to stat, but I think that's a good example of what we probably need to hope for in 2023. We need Jackson to ball out. Absolutely. I want 3,500 yards. I want 30 touchdowns. I want um, five interceptions. And I want Jackson Dart to go to the NFL and make a ton of money and be a star for 15 years, just like Eli was. But I also want Ole Miss to be just successful enough to this year to be able to get Walker Howard into the game. He needs those reps. The game against Louisiana Monroe in, was it 2018, when Matt Corral was a true freshman and he threw for over 100. He was like 10 of 11 for 140 yards and had a 70-yard touchdown run. Walker Howard needs that game. We need to figure out where that game needs to be, but he needs that as well. Now, Spencer Sanders, I am not discounting Spencer at all, not even a little bit. But he is at the point right now where a little bit of a gulf could be developing between the rest of them because at least within the fan base, there's excitement over what Jackson's doing and what Walker Howard is doing. And right now, Spencer Sanders is being load managed. Now, the rumor is that he's going to try to throw Saturday. And if he does that, everybody will get to see exactly how this stands. Um, Dalen Flowers will be there talking about that, taking in the practice. He's going to look at what the quarterback position does. We'll see exactly how he goes. He's going to go to all the opening open practices for Ole Miss this spring. So it should be pretty great. But, yeah, that's what I think. I think this quarterback room has a chance to mirror the 2001 for whatever it is. Uh, it, just going into this season, there, I, it feels a lot of like 2000 at this point. Maybe I'm just showing my age a little bit there. But it is what it is. Anyway, this show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today to claim your no-sweat first debt first bet. Now, I realize in Mississippi, you have to go to a brick-and-mortar casino, but if you go to Memphis, if you go to Jackson, Tennessee, Nashville, if you're over in Shreveport, Louisiana, New Orleans, or Baton Rouge, or even just going across the river to Delta, Louisiana, you can use the FanDuel Sportsbook as well. Then you can wager on everything from the money line point spreads to which teams will cut down the net. It's all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use, so don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first debt bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com, FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, it's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Hey, Ole Miss was on the practice field today. And not a whole lot of information to tell you about it because, honestly, I'm recording this update before um, – the opening day starts off for the Detroit Tigers. They have a game coming up shortly. So the one thing you need to know probably is that Braylon Brown is playing in the slot, has been for a couple of practices at this moment, and is getting more and more comfortable at it. I think we have a Dontario Drummond-type situation developing at slot. Braylon Brown, as you told, if you've watched this show for a year, you know how high I am on this kid. He is kind of a super athlete, and he has a chance to be a really, really productive player for Ole Miss inside this offense, and I think particularly at slot, because if you go back and even back to whenever he played in high school, and I realize he's been out of high school for a little while, but if you go back to then, you can see how twitchy of an athlete he was. He is somebody that's not quite a phone booth player, but he can do the things in the slot that you want them to do. Now, one thing that I'm seeing is the slot position for Ole Miss, they want to get a little bigger in the slot, which is good for me at being Team 12 personnel, but also for somebody like Braylon Brown to where you move a bigger guy onto the inside, and that will actually help your run game a little bit as well. But you could also put Michael Trigg out there from time to time and do true 12 personnel, even though it looks the same as it always does, just putting him out there playing slot receiver. So we'll be able to see exactly what's going on. Players like – um. Um, Jalen Knox is apparently showing out in practice as well. Um, Trey Harris is is not doing it that great at the moment, but that's more just because he's not on the field. And before anybody gets all worried, realize that this is spring. So understand that Lane Kiffin is going to be overly protective with players in spring. If you go back and look at spring games, there are players playing in the game with no contact jersey. There's been games, the spring game's been designed to where the other team can really not take anything from it, from film, and make it worthwhile. And that, that's just the way they've done it. So black jerseys are going to be prevalent in spring. That is because they want them to get too far. They want to um, load manage them as much as possible. If there's any discomfort, any soreness, they're probably not practicing that day. Now, that doesn't mean spring is worthless. The mental reps that go into spring practice are just as important as the physical one. The whole thing about this spring, especially for the defense, will be about retention when it comes to install. Whenever they get to the fall, they need to be able to pick it up quicker. So you need to, that's the reason they do this over and over and over again, so it makes it easier to learn. By the time you've done this four or five times, the install becomes second nature, and you can play faster earlier. That's the whole point of this. So, should be really interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what Braylon Brown in the slot looks like. I want to see Michael Trigg out there as well because, you know, I am Team 12 personnel. And it'll be really interesting to, to see. And like, we are, what, 30% through spring practice. Dalen Flowers will be at the scrimmage this weekend. We will talk to him about that, what he saw. I think we're going to interview him on Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday. And we're also going to have Tom Vanderford. The 20 minutes with Tom. We got 20 minutes this afternoon with Tom. 
And understand this weekend could be a little bit slow content-wise. Kara is, I think, moving or something like that. And also, um, John Garcia, who normally is our Saturday recruiting person, has COVID. So I don't know if he is going to be able to do that as well because, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, so just be patient there. Next week, we'll keep going with spring practice. We had a really good week this week. Thank you to everyone who watched the show. And like I said, I'm really excited about Tom being back. That This means a whole bunch to me. He's one of the ones that kind of started the Locked On channel with me, and we've been on this ride together, and I'm just, I'm just glad to have my buddy back, honestly. So that's coming up next. We'll talk with Tom Vanderford about everything that he's missed about Ole Miss. Anyway, the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the double chocolate bar. And you want the Ole Miss Rebels to win, but they're not in it. But you can vote for the double chocolate bar. Or maybe while you're there, you can throw a vote on the Florida, Florida Atlantic Owls if you want to. And you can vote for that bar. Support your team. Support your bar or puff. And when you vote for a lucky bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one of them, one fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built and have America's um, Built Bars, the best bars out there, delivered straight to your door. You've got to try Built. Built is the greatest protein bar ever. Seriously. They're so amazing, you will not think they're good for you. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So basically, today. You can vote today. So hop in and support your pick. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, mash that subscribe button, hit the bell for notifications, comment down below, and upvote the video itself. Got a very special guest for you guys today because Tom Vanderford is back for his regular spot on our show. How you doing, Tom? Oh, I'm getting there. Yeah. I get better every day. I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's really nice to have you back. We've all missed you. Everybody's been asking about you in the comment sections on our shows, and it's just really, I, I, I'm telling you, I've been looking forward to this all week. I have to. I have to. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Since you've been out of pocket, a lot has happened since you have been out of pocket. We have a new basketball coach, as you may or may not know. A quarterback competition is raging and is not really going the direction that people thought it was going in in February. And um, spring practice is about a three quarter or a third of the way through at this point. What do you think the biggest story? For you is is the first thing you want to talk about on this show. I you know I'm not a huge basketball fan, but just what Beard's been able to do by keeping some really good players uh, that were in the portal uh, out uh, and and getting them to come back, I think that's a good nucleus. Um, I, I I'm looking forward to next basketball season. Believe it or not. Uh, he has a proof track record, mm-hmm. and I, I'm looking forward to it. 
as far as as football goes, uh, this is an opinion show, and I have my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, after reading between the lines, reading the tea leaves, whatever you want to do, I think this uh, quarterback job is Jackson Darts to lose. I do think that the depth, and you know, Jackson Dart even alluded to this, the depth is the best it has been uh, in my lifetime at Ole Miss. Yeah, I say we the have, quarterback. The quarterback room is as good. The quarterback room is as good as it's been since Glenn Griffin was running the hall. I, I completely agree. Yeah. We've got three legit guys that, if yeah. barring injury, they'll get a chance to play on Sundays. We've we've never had that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, what makes me feel good is any Ole Miss fan uh, that has been a fan for very long has always sat on pins and needles going, God, oh, I hope they don't get hurt. You know, if Eli gets hurt, we're hosed. You know, if 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 Bo Wallace gets hurt, we're hosed. If, if Corral gets hurt, we're hosed. If Kelly gets hurt, we're hosed. So on and so forth on down the line. Uh, last year, if Dart gets hurt, you know, Luke's trying to save a year of eligibility. What are we going to do? So it was, it's nice. I don't wish getting hurt on anybody, but it's nice to know that your second option in quarterback uh, is really good. And your third option at quarterback, when it's all said and done, may end up being the best of the bunch. That's just unheard of. Yes. In the modern era. Yeah, and this show, um, uh, the second segment or the first segment, I'm not sure exactly which order I'm going to record that in because I'm doing this interview first. Uh, But this quarterback competition right now reminds me a lot of the 2000 quarterback situation where you had Romero Miller, who was an accomplished guy playing quarterback. His backup was Eli Manning. And we're just going to remove Spencer Sanders for the equation at the moment. But you have... Jackson Dart, who is really similar, like Romero's junior year and Jackson Dart's senior year, fairly similar numbers. Um, and then you have this hot shot red shirt freshman coming up in the wind, just all the talent in the world. I, I keep saying that this guy has a chance to have a generational impact at Ole Miss because of how good he is. And I don't think people understand that because people are going to focus on Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders. That's just natural. But is, I honestly think it's a little bit like the, the movie The Prestige or something like that where you're looking over here paying attention to this when you should be looking at this guy. And I, I think he has a chance to really bust out in the fairly near future. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, hmm. I know some people don't follow recruiting rankings, but in the history of rivals, he's like the number two quarterback ever in the history of rivals. I'm talking about our third string quarterback coming out of high school. So you got the you got the Gatorade player of the year. Then you got a guy that's thrown for over what eleven thousand yards in the Big Twelve. And then you got one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the history of one of the recruiting uh services. That's and this is old miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to, to equate it. But it's kind of like when Alabama had Jalen Hurts, Tua, and uh, 
God, I forget the guy. He plays for the plays for the Patriots. Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah, all on the same team. Yeah, I. This is generational talent at quarterback, mm-hmm. and we've got generational talent at running back. Yeah, something else. So, it, it really is something. Yeah, else. I've got we've got more than than we need. Yeah, and and one thing that. Um, we really can look forward to this year. Now, I understand that we had Jonathan Mingo. I understand that we had Malik Heath last year. But I really like Chris Marshall. I think Chris Marshall, at his highest level, can be a Laquan Treadwell-type talent. That That's the type of receiver he is. You have Trey he Harris. To- yeah, he just needs the reps. You have Trey Harris, similar situation. I think they have a chance to be more special. That wide receiver room has a chance to be better than last year, and I think everybody needs to pay attention this year to Braylon Brown and Jeremiah Dillon. I think one of those two receivers is going to break out as well. I, I think so. I, I think we're going to be fine at receiver. I think Priest Corn, uh, and I think I saw you mention this too, I think Priest Corn uh, adds another dimension where we could actually put Trigg in. Yeah in the slot and uh you know they I've, I've read where they're even working on some two tight end sets with trig and pre scoring as well now i don't know you know if that'll be one one on the line and one split out what who knows but uh another thing i'm excited for and this is uh just by uh what little inside sources i have uh at old miss as far as the defense is concerned is that these kids love their defensive coordinator. They are all in. Um, they, you know, it's it, whether they, they said that they might run, they're going to run a base 4-2, the 4-2-5. Uh, they may do some 3-4. There's all kinds of stuff, and we've got enough people to do that. We've got some good linebackers. We've got some good defensive linemen. You know, people forget about Xavion Harris. Mm-hmm. He is a monster. He is huge. And when you can move him and uh, and Pegues in and out and keep them fresh, that's something special. Jared Ivey's up to 265. I mean, there's, there's just some wonderful things going on. Now, we especially in the spring, we're really, really, really thin at corner uh, because we've got a couple of corners that are hurt. Uh, it's probably precautionary, but uh, the kid from Georgia Tech is showing up and showing out at corner, and we've got plenty of safeties. You know, we moved the, we moved the corner that we got from Miami of Ohio. We moved him to safety. So, I mean, you know, there's there's – we're gonna we're gonna be I think we're gonna be better off. I think the four two five with uh with occasional different fits is gonna be a little bit better for us. Um we've got to get pressure on the quarterback and for whatever reason we had problems doing that in the three two six. Um I think I think uh and nothing, nothing against Partridge. He was a great recruiter. He's a good guy, but I, I, I don't think that at this progression point in his career, 
he is a Pete Golding. You can say what you want to about Pete Golding, but he was the defensive coordinator at Alabama for multiple years. And everybody knows that, that that's basically Saban's defense, but you learn from Saban. Just like, just like I mean, any coach does. You know, Coach, Kiff, uh, coach Kiffin will tell you, he learned so much about being a head coach from Nick Saban. So just what I've heard within the defensive unit, they think they're going to be all right next year. You know, um, I watched a couple of games, probably three or four games, of UTSA whenever Pete Golding was the defensive coordinator there because everybody has these excuses. Oh, he was with Alabama, with Alabama players. Can he do it here? So I went back and watched UTSA games and see exactly how they played. This was a very attacking, aggressive defense. They played in the backfield. There was a lot of negative plays. And if you sit here and think about what this defense's role will be, and that is to create possessions for this offense, you can see where they're going to force turnovers. They're going to force long yardages. They're going to force punts. They're also going to give up some big plays now. Some misdirection, some counter-type stuff can get them from time to time. But their job is getting possessions for that offense, and I think they will be able to do that. I was impressed watching Pete Golding at UTSA. This is a guy that, not really from that Delta State School of Defense, but kind of from that Delta State School uh, from defense where like Dave Aranda and those guys. So it's a combination of that and what Nick Saban does at this point. So I'm really curious to see what that cocktail makes out that now that Dave, um, now that um, Pete Golding has the freedom to call the defense the way he wants to call it. So I'm, I'm curious to see what that mixture will look like. I am too, and uh, I know the kids on defense, uh, the ones that that stayed. Um, you know, we had some some big pieces that left, uh, but the ones that stayed, they've all bought in. They've all bought in. Uh, everything I've heard is he's a high energy guy. You know, he'll get in there with you. You know, he's telling you what to do. He's up there grabbing your pads and pushing you and, you know, just being a coach. Yeah. And uh, they love the guy. And I expect to see some good things. And just like you, I went back and I watched some uh, some UTSA uh, football, too, uh, after you had told me before that you had done that. Mm-hmm. And I saw the same thing. I saw an attacking defense. And uh, we didn't see that much attacking at Alabama because he had great players. But, you know, we've got some good players, and I think he'll know how to use them. He's got more experience. Like I said, nothing against Partridge. He recruited some good kids. But, you know, a lot of them, as soon as he left, they left too. Yeah, just um, everybody does need to. They need to realize that this year the defense could be a little bit clunky. Um, we 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 do have yeah. a hole at the jack position right now, and that's a super important position to this defense. The kid from Southwest Mississippi Community College is there now. DJ Holmes will be there in the fall, and they're going to start recruiting for that. That that's the position that they're recruiting Jamonte Waller for. Uh, I mean, this yeah. is a huge. This is the Will Anderson position. 
essentially, um, in this defense. So the defense might be a little clunky in year one, but look for flashes. Look for things that they are doing well. Look for effort and how they are playing. That's probably the best way in year one to judge the defense. Don't look at rankings yet. We're we're not there. Um, In year two, maybe it's time to start glancing at them. There there might be some expectations of being – 35 to 40 in the country, something like that in year two. Yeah. 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 It, it, and, and, and it's going to take some time, but when you look at the other side of the ball, I think we can, I think we can do. And a lot of people are going to say, well, we lost Heath and we lost, we lost Mingo. Yeah. And, and, you know, we lost some other folks on offense too, but I think we have the ability uh, to be better on offense than we were last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm like, I've heard you say before, um, the difference with a quarterback the first year uh, in Kiffin's system and the second year in Kiffin's system are just astronomical. And Kiffin's kind of alluded to that. He even said, hey, I'm kind of surprised. He's come back bigger, faster, stronger. More, more of a uh, command of the offense. And Jackson's changed you know? his body. Right. And they don't yeah. have to stand pins and needles trying to keep him, you know, trying to keep him healthy. I mean, I'm not saying that the guy can get hurt, but once again, for many years, it's been, oh, my God, please don't let our quarterback get hurt. We have no backups hmm. to, hey. Now we got good. all the backups. We're, we're three deep at running back. We're three deep at quarterback. You know, we're deep at tight end for the first time that I can remember in a while. Uh, receivers, we got some legit receivers. I think, and this is just me, but I think Braylon Brown pulling his name out of the portal is a big deal. I think he's a, he's a good kid. He just, I think he was kind of upset that he didn't think he was getting the ball enough. Uh, and maybe, maybe he's, uh, maybe, you know, since the other two kids left, maybe, uh, him and, um, Dart have worked together long enough that he said, Hey, I'm going to pull my name out. I think there's, you know, I think I can do something here, but that's just amazed me. Uh, Shanti Sistrunk pulled his name out. That gave us automatic depth. I mean, here's a fifth year linebacker that's played for five years at Ole Miss you know, started off on special teams his true freshman year. And uh, then we get Monty Montgomery. We get Gene Baptiste. You know, we got uh, we got Coleman coming back. He's put on a little bit of weight. Uh, and we got probably, not probably, we got the best linebacker in the country coming in in the fall. Oh, yeah. From high school and Perkins. Man. I, when I saw him at the Under Armour game, my jaw just dropped. I, I, I was talking oh. to Kelvin, Kelvin Bolden this week, and I actually said this. This kid has never stepped on a football field where he wasn't the best player on it, and that includes the Under Armour game. It, he's amazing. I believe, I believe it. I told somebody a while back, you know, because I watch a lot of recruit film. I'm a huddle freak. Mm-hmm. And I said, I may be wrong. I've never seen the kid in person. But I think he's the best defensive player we've signed out of Mississippi since Tony Connor. Hmm. Yep. He is a stud. And speaking of that, look at how we're recruiting in the state of Mississippi. It's like we flipped a switch, isn't it? 
it's almost like Lane went, hey, I'm tired of flirting. I'm here for the long run. Let's build this sucker. And he's got somebody, and this is just my opinion now, he's got somebody that's familiar with recruiting the state of Mississippi, a lot more familiar than our last defensive coordinator who always wanted to go up to New England hmm. uh, in the Northeast. You know, and don't get me wrong, we got some good kids from the Northeast. But your bread and butter kids are from the state of Mississippi, especially on defense. I mean, you look. Well, we, we look at the defensive linemen over the past few years that State's put in the NFL. Hmm. They're all from Mississippi. Yeah, you know they, they, and, they need to get Waller. They need to get um, Franklin, and call it a day. Yeah, you have your defensive line set for four years. Exactly, hmm. and and I do believe that we'll get not so much because of Lane Kiffin, but because of Pete Golding. Pete Golding is a recruiting dynamo. Yeah. You know, now, don't get me wrong. Hugh Freeze is going to try to get every one of them. He is. He's going to try his best to recruit the state of Mississippi. And he's already made a few inroads in Mississippi. But he he knows about the Mississippi talent, too. And he's got that Auburn money. So, you know, and he doesn't have the shackles he had when he was Ole Miss. So, it'll be interesting. But I am very excited about Pete Golding and our prospects at, on the on the defense. Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be a little thin at corner. We're gonna be a little thin at safety. Uh, but you know who knows? They there are kids entering the portal right now. You know, I saw where Casey Kelly entered the portal. Uh, of course, that makes me feel really good about the tight end position mm-hmm. because he wouldn't entered the portal you know, last year. And yeah, and now well. we've got we've got Javante Connor coming in, you know, supposed to be good. Uh, I think Kyron he's still with us, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe he just saw the writing on the wall and said, "Hey, man, I want to go somewhere where I can play." Yeah, it looks like it. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Tom, man, this was awesome. I'm glad you're back in your normal spot. We'll talk to you again next week, bud. Hey, hotty-totty. Hotty-totty, man.